This is Infants on Thrones. Philosophy mingled with story. What's up, Tom? What's up, man? Let me tell you a story. There was a... Uh... There was this great alchemist, this great storyteller, this person that understood um, quite a bit about humanity, the universe, um, and was just a, this vagabond bohemian with a group of people that traveled, you know, just kind of figured out life, it lived very simply. Um, and around, you know, the early 1800s, this group of people uh, go around, and, you know, they, they'd go to campfires, and, uh, you know, find themselves with other, uh, other travelers, other people in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, this new great country of ours. And, you know, they, they sit around, a, sit around a campfire and tell stories. And the great alchemist was, you know, looked at like, really like a modern day religious leader because of his insights, because of the love that people felt when he told stories, when he uh, told metaphor and used all types of different metaphor, all types of all the, the great techniques that all the, uh, and all the great thinkers and innovators and, uh, you know, alchemists use. He told the story, he eventually ended up in, uh, in the area of New York and told these stories. And this dude, this kid, was there with his father and some other people, they were treasure hunters. You know, they joined these, these campfires as they were out doing their thing. And this kid heard the stories of the alchemist and he thought, that's genius. And he rushed, rushed to co-opt those stories, rushed to get them published, rushed to reduce them to writing and pass them off as his own stories. He did what so many con men did, passed off other people's ideas that he never understood, never came up with as his own. He rushed to get them published, to get them down to word, to sell them, to pass them off as his own all the while not even understanding the mechanics of the ideas and the stories that the alchemist told. And a couple of years went by and this kid started a church, started religion. He advanced the philosophies of men, the philosophies of other men mingled with scripture. And he got followers. But the sad thing was, is he got Followers who were blind, who were looking, searching. And so they heard these stories and they heard these stories and they resonated just a bit. And they thought, well, maybe this guy, maybe this dude sees. What they didn't realize is he was a blind guide. And so these followers, these, these tragic, tragic followers, continued to follow this person who was constantly passing off other people's ideas as his own. 
using words he didn't understand and concepts he couldn't apply to himself. He talked about love and weaponized love. He talked about virtue and never experienced virtue. He talked about all the things that are elevating, lovely and of good report. And yet his fruit was decaying, disgusting and destructive. Everything he touched turned to shit. And after a few years later, that alchemist came back around, came back around that area and somebody went to him and said, hey, do you remember that kid? That kid that was always trying to spit your shit? And guess what? He started a religion. Trying to spit your shit. You know what the alchemist did? He laughed and he laughed and he laughed. And he said, that's not going to end well. And somebody asked, well, aren't you going to do something about it? Why don't you, why don't you go say, that's mine. I'm the alchemist. Those are my stories. He stole mine. He said, for those with ears here and those with eyes see. Because the thing that the alchemist knew that that boy never could is that the one-eyed one man may be king of the blind. To truly be an alchemist, you don't just see with two eyes. You see with three. And when you see with three eyes, you're not looking to lead the blind. In fact, you're not looking to lead anybody. You're looking to walk hand in hand with the other three-eyed ravens. So when I look around and I see people who are attempting to get positions they never earned and are attempting to lead the blind and are themselves blind, guide, blind guides, passing off ideas that they don't understand and that they can't integrate, I don't get mad. I laugh and I laugh and I laugh and I think, that's not going to end well. It's a good story, man. Thanks, dude. I used to get frustrated. And I what used do you to... mean you used to? Don't, don't pretend like you still don't. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> what I do is I, is I stop and I think, this is reality. And then I laugh. I get sad a little bit because it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. So you got people that are trying to tell other people how to thrive outside of religion while they themselves are barely surviving. The thing is, there's no amount of persuading or convincing anybody that the person that they're following doesn't see. Because people are doing what they need to survive. They're doing the thing that makes them feel good. Scratching an itch that just needs to be scratched. 
but unfortunately, you scratch too much, and the skin gets infected. Yeah, all you can really do is just say, hey, uh, I've done a lot of thinking, and I've made adjustments in my life to take heed, take notice, watch for things, prepare, and I highly recommend you do the same. You know, I... I, um... I mean, it might, it might not be of any benefit no because there there are people that are like what do you mean i'm already looking i'm with their blinders on i'm already looking around right that's great and that person sees further cool and so then i'll laugh and laugh and i'll say that's not going to end well because it's never ended well when somebody has abdicated their path to somebody else the greatest thing that any trick that any con man can do is convince you that they're doing the opposite of what they're actually doing. And so I don't look for the words that people say, but I look, you know, at their, I don't look at their theory. I don't look at their myths. I look at their reality. I look at their mechanics. Because theory is myth and mechanics is reality. And so it's not hard it's not hard to judge. It's not, or I don't like the word judge. I prefer the word evaluate. Because evaluate suggests taking real pieces of information and applying it fairly and objectively to find reality. Yeah. And that was the message of the alchemist. That was the story. Which is Beware the blind guides. Woe unto the hypocrite. Love God with all your might, mind, and strength, and love your enemy. The story of the alchemist was, you are God, and you are your greatest enemy. So the charge to love God and the charge to love your enemy is the same charge to love yourself. Tale as old as time. And when you love yourself, you can, it's so much easier to be kind because you really, <laughs> you don't take things too personally anymore. You know, I, <laughs> I think I mentioned to you that I was going to start reading a book called The 48 Laws of Power. Well, I finished it. Yeah. Hmm. It's a really good book. Uh, it's kind of like a con man's user guide. Uh-huh. It's super disturbing. It's super, uh, I don't know, it's, it was it scared the shit out of me pretty much throughout. Because it's kind of written like how to capitalize, how to manipulate, how to calm people. Just over and over and over. All these tactics, all these methods, all these tricks and tips. Um, but when I had heard uh, the person who recommended this book to me, when he said, if you're listening, reading this book with the idea that you're trying to understand people that do these tactics, rather than thinking that you're reading it for some sort of, you know, playbook that you're going to use later down on the road. But if you, if you ingest the information thinking, this is what other people, this is how of it, this is their tool set. This is what they do. That's incredibly 
helpful because then you start dissecting like, oh, that's a tactic that I've seen. That's a tactic that this person uses. This is, I've seen, I've been susceptible. I've been gullible for this, that, and the other. Dude, by the end, I was like, I gotta, I gotta go through this book again. Cause it's really interesting. Just, just the different ways people take advantage, manipulate, control. It's yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's reading that book was almost 180 degrees from other nonfiction books I've been reading because it did. It felt like I was reading the devil's handbook. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And the reality is, is, is people who would, you know, the, the vampires, you know, the, the vampire, I understand the, um, I understand the metaphor of the vampire, you know, the vampire stories and why it, perm, you know, why it resonates and why it's, it's a story that just gets told over and over again, because it's such a great example of um, a common human trait, mm-hmm. which is for individuals who over time adapt to the, um, to the society, to the time, and uses the same techniques in order to feed off the life force of other people. These, these chameleon vampires who shift their personality, shift their words, shift their rituals and their behaviors consistently over time, but they don't shift their technique. That is, they don't shift their that they that they suck and take the life force and the energy of other people and are never giving. It's, it's a very very common trait for a vampire to be really effective. They have to convince people that they're not a vampire. And that's how they're so effective. You've, a vampire has to get close enough to somebody's neck. They have to get to a place where the person is vulnerable enough to show them their neck, to get naked, to expose themselves by disclosing their past, by exposing their vulnerabilities and the things that have hurt them in the past. That's what the vampires use in order to suck that life force. But again, the thing that real vampires don't understand is the reason why we can't be cannibals is because when we eat the flesh of of other humans, when we take the life force of other humans, it doesn't sustain us. I thought you said it it was going to taste like bacon. Yeah, that too. (laughs) It, it destroys you. So there, there's, there isn't, there isn't, there's a study out there where, um, you know, they don't understand it, that, that um, human flesh has, you know, the same macronutrients as, as any um, protein, basically, but that over time, all it does is destroy um, the individual that consumes it. Yeah. And, and so, so that's why the alchemist laughed and laughed and laughed and thought, oh, that's not going to end well. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it's just sad. I feel pity. I do feel pity. And, yeah. but knowing that, uh, it's, it's, it's sad to watch other people die and it's or get sad. injured. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and I'm including the vampires. It's sad to watch the vampires 
kill themselves. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Especially when you know that other people may get killed or get injured on that yeah, path. Cer- certainly injured. And, and a lot of times that's the thing. Vampires in, in sucking the life force of their victim really do create new vampires. They create new vampires. Mm-hmm. And so we pity the vampire and we pity the victim because we, we understand that at some point they also will be vampires and perpetuate this cycle of abuse and victimhood and abuse and victimhood and abuse yeah. and victimhood over the course of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that's my metaphor. So instead of being a vampire and um, I'll take, I'll take the message or I'll take the lesson of the, of the great alchemist because the alchemist didn't just laugh and laugh and say, that's not going to end well. The alchemist got up at another fire and told his story again, told his story and inspired other alchemists other three-eyed ravens who then interdependently walked hand in hand with the others that sit that the others that have three eyes and see you know when the alchemist was asked the question why don't you say anything he said what am i going to do i'm going to say what not that not that if you don't if if anyone can't see for themselves not that And there's nothing that I can say to convince them otherwise. Instead, I'm going to go over here and say, how about this? And I'll build something and I'll create something and I'll be an an innovator. And I'll let the predators and the perpetrators and the vampires alone. Because there's no reason to say, that's a vampire, not that. You know, it, it, takes, it takes no effort to deconstruct something that should be obviously false. It takes real innovation and real effort to create something. Create something. So my charge to myself is to create. Stop deconstructing. The opposite of war isn't peace. It's creation. And there's been enough war and there's been enough suffering. And you don't have balance if all you do is take your foot off and no longer have suffering and no longer have destruction. You only have balance when you create. So that's what I'll try to do moving forward. Take the the message and the example of every great alchemist that came before us. And hopefully see other people out there and this time laugh and laugh and laugh and said, that's awesome. That sounds that's better. Awesome. A lot better. You've been listening to If and Say, please subscribe to us. Please subscribe to us. On iTunes. And iTunes. And give us feedback. And give us feedback.
We like five stars. We like five stars. And go to Infants on Thrones. And go to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones. Yes! Dot com. Dot com. That's our website. Please and find us, because this is me and Daddy speaking. Please listen to us. Goodbye.